Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Noon today, another high noon showdown, the fourth vote. One, two, three, four. You're Joe Biden for fourth vote for Speaker of the House to replace Nancy Pelosi. Folks, uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm really a little bit surprised how many people I thought were on our team who are really just so eager to get, you know, Kevin McCarthy in there without significant concessions and without a record of success to back him up. I'm, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm really puzzled by this whole thing. I got that another Twitter drop, uh, an update on this dying suddenly stuff from Dr. McCullough and a very plausible explanation why it's happening to a lot of athletes. Loaded show today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. One of my favorite sponsors. Why? Because I use the product multiple times every day. What's the product called? Field of Greens. This is an empty one. Why? Because I already used all of it. This is Wild Berry Field of Greens. Listen, we all know eating fruits and vegetables is the anchor of a healthy diet. Is anyone going to tell you otherwise? No serious person is going to tell you otherwise, right? Fruits and vegetables. Healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables the key to a healthy diet. Sometimes you say, I don't feel like preparing them. Okay, fine. I don't feel like shopping for them. Okay, fine. You don't have to. You got Field of Greens right here. You don't have to mix and match any pills. You take out the scooper. It tastes great. This is wild berry. They have a lemon-lime flavor. Gee loves. You put it in your favorite beverage, a scoop. I take it twice a day. There you go. You get your fruits and vegetables. He just had it this morning as he's doing his warm-up. before the. I mean, he doesn't want... I don't know what he's doing. He's doing squats or something back there. He took my little lesson about that. Feel the greens. With good nutrition, you'll look and feel healthier fast. But the greater proof comes at your next checkup when your doctor says, wow, you've lost weight. Whatever you're doing, keep it up. Okay. Let's get you started today with 15% off your first order. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Promo code Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan. Listen, a lot of hosts talk about stuff they may use, may not. This has been an anchor and a staple of my diet for a long time. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Promo code Dan. Pick up Field of Greens today. Don't wait another day. All right, Joseph, let's go. Let's go, Dano. Ready to go. Uh, what a day yesterday. So Whoa. listen, we watched history yesterday, and it was crazy because we did the podcast, and we covered what we thought was going to happen, and what we said was going to happen, fellas, actually happened yeah. while I was on the air live with the radio show. Now, my radio show is 12 noon Eastern time to 3, so I'll be on again today as the vote comes down today, and by the time you're listening to this, what I'm telling you again is going to be happening as well. Because this is not hard to figure out. Kevin McCarthy, this is not personal, man, and all the people making it personal. Please stop, time out, red flag on the field, go under the hood for review. I've got no interest in making it personal. I, I think I've run into McCarthy at some events. He's always been nice. It's That's not the point. The point is the country, as we can all agree, can we not, guys? The country is in really awful shape. That is not... Yeah, I guess it's subjective. It's my opinion, but it's an yeah. opinion based on objective facts and analysis. Yeah. I'm not just making it right. I mean. We're, we're in bad shape, dude. Yeah. We're in bad shape. Debt we've never seen in human history. Human history. Forget about U.S. history. Debt we've never seen in human history. An open border. A fentanyl crisis. A drug crisis. A public safety crisis. The collapse of our culture. This stuff is all fixable, folks. I don't mean to sound apocalyptic. It is. We've been in far worse spots. When it comes to World War II and elsewhere, where you know we'd be all be uh, speaking German right now if it wasn't for a bunch of brave men and women who saved the world. However, it's not going to be fixable doing the same thing we did in the past. And the problem with Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, running to replace Nancy Pelosi, is he's emblematic of the same tactics we've used in the past. And why there are some people on the conservative side so eager to hand this guy the gavel and to parrot the chaos narrative. Oh, this chaos, it looks so bad. It's not, what do you mean looks? Who cares what it looks like? Oh, so you want it to look good while the country falls apart? You want to talk about the lipstick on the pig? It's a pig right now. I don't, I'm not worried about the lipstick. It's getting frustrating. So ballot four is going to happen today. Now, there are a number of concerns out there. McCarthy right now, Kevin McCarthy, again, Republican from California, is not winning support. He's losing support. He can only lose four Republicans and win the Speaker of the House gavel. Four. He lost 19. 
And on the third ballot, he lost, what, 18, 17, show momentum? No, he lost 20, meaning he's going, guys, in the wrong direction. Wrong direction. He's not moving in more support direction. He's moving in less support direction. Byron Donalds, an uh, excellent congressman from Florida, District 19, the district I ran in, actually. He flipped his support from, uh, from Kevin McCarthy to Jim Jordan. Having said that, Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise would, be a, would both be far better conservative choices. Now, they're saying, oh, they don't want the job. I don't necessarily buy that. I think they don't want the job because they don't want to be seen as backstabbing McCarthy, who they pledge support to. I understand that. It's a personal loyalty thing. I don't know what McCarthy did for them, and I'm not suggesting that's anything illicit at all. Maybe he did advance some conservative agenda item that Jordan had or something. And we don't know all the details there. Having said that, if McCarthy is no path to victory, it is our obligation as conservatives to field another candidate and get him through. I'm going to address a couple of things, but Chip Roy, who's a great congressman, I have my radio show all the time from Texas. He was on Fox yesterday addressing this very specific point that I don't understand how electing a Republican Congress to change all the bad stuff that happened in the past while electing a guy who doesn't have any new strategy other than the same failed strategies of the past is a way to change the failed strategies of the past. I don't get that either. This Chip Roy. Here, listen to him explain it. You are one of the 19 who voted against McCarthy as speaker in the first vote. Our producers yep. tell us you have not voted yet again. Safe to say you are a no again. Well, it's not a no. We're voting for names. I voted for Byron Donalds, my friend, a conservative, someone who is not of the swamp. He has been here only for a couple, now his second term. Uh, I might vote for some similar folks who have a track record and a history of standing up to the swamp. What I'm not going to do is blindly do what the swamp does. My constituents didn't send me here to do that. Is anybody listening to this actually happy with what Congress is doing? Is anybody out there? Are you? Are anybody in America, do you think Congress is doing a good job? The answer is no. So why would we embrace the status quo? Why would we keep doing the same thing over and over again? That's what's happening in that room. And this morning, a group of folks threatened some of us, and they lost votes on that. We're not going to back down until we get in a room and we decide how we're going to be able to stand up and fight for the American people, no matter who the speaker is. Okay, a couple points here. Threatening conservative lawmakers is not a path to this. I get you're upset and frustrated with them. We're frustrated with the establishment, too. Fine. Understood. Threatening them will do nothing. Now, you're, you're just there's a reason you're losing votes and not gaining them. Whoever told you that was a smart battlefield tactic is an idiot. Fire them immediately. I don't know if that was a Frank Luntz poll or what. But fire these morons immediately. The second point, Chip Roy is right. This is not chaos. That's the leftist media narrative. And I'm begging you to please stop parroting it on the conservative side. The liberals, of course, are going to do it. It's their narrative. You hear that old expression, the, uh, you know, the, the uh, battlefield tactics expression, you know, when your enemy's doing what you want them to do, you know, don't get in the way. Well, liberals want you to parrot the, oh my gosh, this is chaos. The Republican Party looks like idiot narrative. We all look like idiots narrative. That is not true. This is the constitutional process Amen. to pick a speaker. Everybody calm down. This is a process, Joe. It's not like right. Republicans sat in a back room, you know, uh, playing quarters, bouncing, and we're like, hey, I got an idea. Let's just invent this process for picking a speaker where we screw the thing up. This is the process. McCarthy doesn't have the votes. It's that simple. It's a process. This is not chaos. It's a republic. This is how a republic works. Chaos, or whatever you want to call it, or messiness at times, is the essence of a plural society with pluralities where not everybody feels the same way. Factions feel this way. Factions feel that way. And when factions come together and agree on the middle ground, they'll pick a consensus candidate. And McCarthy is not it. He may be. He may have to make some concessions additionally moving forward. He doesn't have the votes. Ever see the usual suspects? The Gabriel Byrne character, when they think there's cocaine on the ship at the end and there's none. There's no coke. There's no votes. He doesn't have <laughs> The vote. Yeah, it's one of my favorite seats. Listen to me. 
there is no Coke. <laughs> they doesn't have the votes, bro. He doesn't have them. This isn't chaos. This is what a republic looks like. You know, it's telling that communists and socialists are obsessed with patterns and cleanliness and organization. That's their thing. Only you little dirty little minions and deplorables would listen to the elites. Everything would be great. It's not the way a plural society works. Everybody calm down. I'm not talking to you, the listeners. I'm talking to the so-called conservatives out there losing their minds over this thing. This is a process. Calm down. Nobody likes to be told to calm down. Too bad. Nobody likes to be told you don't have the votes either. You don't have the votes. Stop parroting the left-wing talking points. It's getting embarrassing. Okay, I'll follow that today in my radio show. A lot more to get to uh, with other stories as well, including just the troubling pattern starting to emerge and emerge in, bit, in a big way and a tragically big way of people dying suddenly from unexplained conditions. And as they're explained, the story tends to disappear if it involves some kind of a cardiac event. Folks, listen, I'm going to say something here and I want you all to take this in and digest it all because it's going to mean a lot and it's going to mean a lot moving forward. And it means a lot to me right now because it's something I'm deeply concerned about as someone who's personally affected by this vaccine. The relentless force used to jam this vaccine down all of our throats under penalty of law, losing our jobs, which I have been fighting against with my own company. You can read about it yourself. No need to go over it here. The relentless force by the government and the private sector to jam this largely untested vaccine, talking about longitudinal testing over time. We didn't have the time to test it. I believe is going to turn out to be the most significant public health debacle in modern human history. Folks, I, the longitudinal data, the overtime data was just not there when we forced people to stick this vaccine needle in their arm. This is on my mind all the time. I, I never talk about things with you that don't deeply concern me and matter to me personally. My team can vouch for me. They work very hard. They're great technical people. And sometimes they have suggestions, but my show is my show. I don't rely on them for content. It's not a matter of I don't trust them. It's just a matter of it has to matter to me to talk about it. It has to matter to me personally. I pick these stories. This story about the vaccine and a potential, potential relationship to cardiac events is going to be a public health debacle for the ages. Here's what I mean. Dr. Peter McCullough, who's been on my Fox show many times, uh, we're trying to book him for this weekend as well. It's on Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern if you want to check it out. He, did a, he just put out a paper. He was on Tucker last night talking about it uh, as well. But this tweet describes this new paper in PubMed. Listen to these numbers about vaccination and cardiac arrest. Listen here. Please put aside, if you're a liberal listening to my show, your pre-existing notion of knowing everything and that the science stops. And just for a second, digest the numbers I'm about to tell you. He notes, since vaccination, 1,598 athletes have suffered cardiac arrest. 1,101 of them where it turned out to be deadly. That since the vaccination, since the vaccine came out, so we're talking about a period of a couple of years here. Over a prior 38 years, from 1966 to 2004, only 1,101 athletes under the age of 35 died. You're talking about in basically a year and a half period, a year and a half, two years. The same number of people dying. Then go back to that, that tweet for a second, uh, Iggy. Then dying over the prior 38 years. Now go to the study. It shows the study. The, the paper's right there, folks. The paper has been published. Rational harm benefits assessments by age group are required for continued COVID-19 vaccination. Folks, these numbers are horrifying. I feel like we've been sold something. We've been sold a bag of goods, a very dangerous bag of goods that a lot of us are going to suffer for. 
My fear now is what are the long-term consequences for people who may not suffer an acute cardiac incident but may not be aware of some long-term side effects of this technology. Well, what's, what's changed? What's changed to cause this uptick? We, I, you well, know, yeah. That's the question, brother, isn't it? Yes, it and is. That's the, when, and and what, what, as I said yesterday on the show, and you both heard me, you know, what I find extremely suspicious is when you ask the question, Joe just asked, well, what's changed? And the obvious is COVID and the vaccine shot. That's the obvious answer. Thank you, sir. Uh, the liberals start foaming at the mouth and wetting their diapers, which says to me that they're trying to stop you from seeing something, too. Here was Dr. McCullough. He was on a podcast, a video podcast show. Dr. McCullough was providing a possible explanation. I want you to listen to this for a second about why these athletes may be dying suddenly. I'm not a doctor, but have a pretty strong science background, uh, whatever that, you know, take, take it for what it's worth. But catecholamines are your adrenaline-like compounds, or compounds in your body which cause alertness and uh, it, it, you know, f- allow you to fight fatigue. Your fight-or-flight chemicals. You see a guy uh, running after you with a machete, your body releases these, uh, these types of compounds. It makes you more alert. It, it helps your, uh, you know, your, your vision, increases your, it affects your vision, it affects your entire body. He's talking about the relationship with athletes. Catecholamines are the kind of things that would be released when you're performing in an athletic event, too. He talks about the relationship between the catecholamine and potential cardiac events. I want you to listen to every word of this. This is really important. Check this out. The interesting finding is the histopathology looked like there was an overlay of what's called catecholamine toxicity. There must have been a surge of adrenaline. <clears throat> now, this may have been from antecedent uh, athletic activity, we don't know, or it could just be in the throes of dying, the struggle of these boys. They died at home, their parents weren't there, uh, struggling for the last breaths of of life before they died of the vaccine. Uh, That could have been the surge of catecholamines. Uh, But lead investigator, uh, Dr. Flavio Catagiani from Brasilia, Brazil, I just interviewed him on the McCullough Report. Uh, He believes it's perfectly consistent with the hypothesis that the vaccine sets up the heart inflammation, which can be very subtle. In fact, some of it can have no symptoms whatsoever. And then it's the big surge of adrenaline during a soccer game or during a basketball game, uh, during sports that's triggering these deaths. And boy, that theory fits. And he has a paper out in the preprint server system uh, outlining how that really happens. I want you to save that clip. Because I think over time, I was consulting this morning with a very learned doctor, medical doctor friend of mine about this exact hypothesis. Let me just state simply in layman's terms what he's talking about, that even if the vaccine is causing a low level of heart inflammation, remember the heart's a muscle like anything else, you get a muscle inflamed, you're going to feel, but a low level, so you wouldn't necessarily notice it or feel any, um, feel any effects. That that may be combining with a large drop and dump in adrenaline, which athletes would experience in a, in a performance event, in a, in a baseball game, a football game, whatever it may be, as your adrenaline uh, dumps. And it's causing, it may be causing these cardiac events. Folks, do you have any idea? What kind of a bombshell medical story that would be? That we were forced to take this thing in many cases by employers and in some cases by the government, if you were military or some local governments as well. And yet, the, you know, the minute a lot of people who may have had some kind of pre-existing proclivity towards a heart issue, the minute they had a catecholamine dump and an adrenaline surge that that combines in a a symbiotic manner to cause a cardiac event. You understand now why they're foaming at the mouth, the left to beg you to please stop talking about this. They don't want you to talk about this because any air of, of, of professionalism of expertise of knowledge that government had, It's the whole ethos of the left. Government knows everything. Shut your freaking mouths. Government knows everything. We'll be totally finished. Not only did they not know what they're talking, we're we're talking about these a-holes, but not only did they not know that, but they may have gotten people killed. I want to know what happened to that guy. 
I want to know what happened to that guy in that game. I know you do too. I got a lot of questions, folks. And the left refuses, refuses to talk about it. If it turns out to be Camosio Cardis, tragic. But then that's the explanation. But I want to hear it from reliable people. I don't want to hear it from doctor propagandists telling everyone to shut up and stop asking questions. I'm as concerned about this gentleman as you are. What happened to him was bizarre. I've been watching football my entire life. You all saw the hit. The hit was not something particularly traumatic, relatively speaking, to what this guy suffered in the past. If he had some kind of pre-existing heart condition, then how come it wasn't detected? These are reasonable, sound, science-based questions, are they not? All right, here's what I got coming up. Twitter drops another, uh, the, the Twitter files, another huge data drop, proving what we said all along, and it involves who? Of course, Adam Schiff, but another guy on the Democrat side, Democrat. Another slime ball who used the Russia thing. He's involved in this thing too. I'll show you what I mean coming up. Today's show also brought to you by GenuCell. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a new year. So let's make 2023 about a new you. Thanks to GenuCell skincare, you can look 5, 10, even 15 years younger. During the GenuCell New Year's Eve clearance event, save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package to take care of all your skincare needs. See yourself with those fine lines, forehead wrinkles, sagging jawlines, dark marks, skin redness, and even those under eye bags gone right before your eyes. Today's January 4th, 2023, and GenuCell skincare is the best skincare in history. I love it. Paula loves it too. The results you'll see are truly amazing. GenuCell works for women and men. It's safe for all skin types and perfect for skin of any age. And with its immediate effects, GenuCell promises results that'll make you smile guaranteed or 100% of your money back. Right now, GenuCell's top-selling hyaluronic acid serum absolutely is included free in every most popular package. Enjoy maximum skin hydration for a more youthful appearance. Go to GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L, GenuCell.com slash Dan, and enter Dan, D-A-N, at checkout. Every order is placed, every order placed is automatically upgraded to free shipping for the new year. So don't wait. GenuCell.com slash Dan. That's GenuCell.com slash Dan. Go today. Thanks, GenuCell. This is like day 11, by the way, post-surgery. And I got to tell you, this breathing thing feels fantastic. So thank you for all of your positive emails and Facebook messages enjoying every second of this thing called oxygen. It's just a glorious thing. Getting back to the Twitter drops yesterday. Uh, they become more and more eye-opening, each one. Matt Taibbi, who is on Twitter, uh, he's been one of the journalists responsible for a lot of the drops working in conjunction with Elon and the new Twitter. So yesterday we learned that the State Department... <laughs> now, you guys should stop me. Really. State Department. Is there anyone in the government that was not involved in censoring anyone <laughs> we got the state department we got the fbi we got the intelligence community we got the dni we got dhs scary poppins the biden team the biden campaign the democrat party we got i mean was any was anybody in the government not involved in censoring conservative content on twitter or science-based content on twitter anyone so now we learn the State Department had this section called the GEC. And Taibbi put this tweet out yesterday that the GEC, get a load of this one. They flagged accounts as Russian personas and proxies. Oh, they did. So the State Department's telling Twitter, ban these accounts. They may be Russian proxies. So what was the criteria? Were they uh, known Russian spies, Joe? Were they, uh, you know, were these people caught in, uh, next to Vladimir Putin in a PP tape video or something? <laughs> so the criteria to flag these accounts was. <laughs> describing the coronavirus as an engineered bioweapon. <laughs> but here's another one. Blaming research conducted at the Wuhan Institute. And attributing the appearance of the virus to the CIA. So if you posted any of that, you were most definitely Russian propaganda. Here it is right here. He's even got a screenshot of it, Matt Taibbi, if you want to see what they got. Folks, do you see now why the Russia hoax, the Democrat United States government international intelligence community hoax that Donald Trump was a Russian puppet 
put in office by, by Vladimir Putin. I'm going to tie this together for you. Stay tuned for this is an important, important section of the show. Do you now see why the Russia hoax was so critical towards a new era of totalitarianism in the United States? Guy, hold on. I need you because Guy hates the Spygate story. If I don't explain this right, you need to stop me. Listen to me here. The Democrats understood early on, because they hated Donald Trump so much and no other way to get rid of him, that if they could combine with the media, not snooker the media, the media was all in on attacking Donald Trump too. So if they could combine forces with the media and get the public to believe a completely fabricated fairy tale that a president they didn't like and a candidate they didn't like, Donald Trump, was a Russian stooge, then anything from that point on they didn't like, they can just attribute to Russia anything. You get what I'm saying, fellas? Uh, you, yeah. uh, Dan Bongino has a podcast. He's on the air advocating for tax cuts. That's a Trump thing. Yep. Dan Bongino's a Russian stooge. Yes, This is. is Russian propaganda. Do you understand why it was so important? Now is this making sense? The State Department is emailing Twitter. Uh, pull these accounts down. They're Russian stooges. Uh, that's just a guy saying that the coronavirus came from Wuhan. Ah, no, no, no. The Russians want Donald Trump said that too, so it's Russian propaganda. Do you get you get why this was so valuable to them, and why the media going along with it with a wink and a nod? They weren't suckered. The media loved it. They knew it was a lie. No one did. Everybody knew there was no PP tape. You see why this was so freaking valuable? I'll get to more of that in a second. It was another shocker. So Victor Shokin, Victor Shokin, you guys remember? Some of you savvy P1s out there are like, oh, Victor Shokin, yeah. the prosecutor general for Ukraine. Wasn't Victor Shokin the guy investigating Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, for his role with that shady company in Ukraine? Oh, he was. Duh. Victor Shokin investigating Joe Biden's kid. So here's a real stutter. The intel community, they were warning about publicity surrounding a book by former Ukrainian prosecutor Victor Shokin, who alleged corruption by the U.S. government, specifically by Joe Biden. So the same intelligence entities and U.S. government entities that are demanding censorship on Twitter using the this is Russian propaganda hoax are now demanding that, look, look, here's the actual release. The upcoming book authored by former Ukrainian prosecutor Victor Shokin. They were demanding that this book by Victor Shokin or, or kind of hinting and nodding that this could be Russian intelligence too. Oh, and so convenient that the book was about Joe Biden and alleged corruption by Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. So our intel community and these stooges are working to suppress a book that was likely true about corruption by the Biden family. Tell me again how the deep state isn't real. Who was Victor Shokin again, by the way? Victor Shokin was the guy that Joe Biden was caught on video. And when I say caught, I don't mean caught that he was shy about it. He was at a conference. He knew he was being videoed. He was so cocky. Joe Biden's caught on video bragging about having the prosecutor. He's talking about Victor Shokin here, who's investigating his son fired. Here, listen for yourself. Going over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. Said, nah. I said, I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Folks, this is how cocky and arrogant these totalitarian fascist deep staters are. Joe Biden's in charge of Ukraine as the vice president under Obama. Joe Biden gets his son a sweet gig over there in Ukraine for a Ukrainian company getting paid to do nothing for a no-show job. The corruption gets investigated by a Ukrainian prosecutor. Biden goes on video demanding the prosecutor be fired. And then the deep state intelligence community, which is totally broken, in order to prevent the story from Shokin from getting out, tells Twitter to go after the book 
because it could be Russian misinformation based on Russian misinformation that was misinformation from them when they started the Russia rumors. And don't believe any of this BS, hat tip uh, Hans Monkey, who's a great follow on Twitter, by the way, that, oh, you know, Shokin, when, when Biden was demanding Shokin be fired for investigating his son, that case was already closed. Bull here. here here's Hans. Reposting this for the haters who keep claiming that the prosecutor had closed the case against Hunter's company before he got fired. That's a lie. The prosecutor sees Hunter's boss's, Hunter's boss's property on February 2nd, 2016. A few weeks later, Biden had him fired. There's the headline from the Kiev Post right there. That's just another made-up story. Biden had the guy fired because he was investigating his son, Hunter. All but you see now again why the Russia thing is so critical. It was going to be used for everything. Everything was going to be Russia. I'll show you more of what I mean in a minute. Let me get to my next sponsor and how Adam Schiff, who was the godfather of the PP hoax, a discredited goon with zero human dignity at all. Democrat Senator Adam Schiff, a slimeball sleazebag who has done more to destroy this country with his fake Russia crap. You'll see how he plays into this in a second. Folks, Instagram has become one of the top apps for online entertainment connecting with others, but it's also become one of the top apps cyber criminals use to run online scams. The most popular include asking for money, telling you you want a prize or a gift card, asking you to apply for a job, and sending a link to an unsafe website. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. It affected mine. Your personal information gets exposed so often, making it dangerously easy for a cyber criminal to steal your identity. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. I have it. I use it. I can vouch for it. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like crimes detected by thieves pretending to be you. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Listen, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But it's easy to help you protect yourself with LifeLock. I have it for me and my entire family. Protect your identity. Don't go through what I went through. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash Bongino. B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Don't wait. That's LifeLock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. LifeLock.com slash Bongino. It is well worth it. So back to this. The Russia thing was going to, it was intentional. They just made it up. And they realized that once they made it up and the press bought into it hook, line, and sinker, that the Russia thing could be used for anything. Who was one of the Democrats up on the Hill pushing this thing? Adam Schiff. Swalwell was another one. The uh, Fang Fang guy. Here's another dump from Taibbi in the Twitter drop. They also received an astonishing variety of requests from, uh, this is Twitter did, from officials asking for individuals they didn't like to be banned. Here's the Office of Democrat Intel Committee Chair, Adam Schiff, asking Twitter to ban journalist Paul Sperry. You may be saying to yourself, wait, 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 there's the actual email right there. There is a sitting member of Congress who's running the House Intel Committee, who's fabricating a Russia hoax, this disgusting filth, Adam Schiff, who's demanding a private company censor someone. Don't we have a constitution? Adam Schiff, demand answers from this sleazeball today you didn't do the salute I think. <laughs> he always pops right to yeah how do you miss that i look forward to that so i mean i he's like i'm a little busy dude. that's too bad you gotta stay on the ball so why would adam schiff want paul sperry a actual an actual journalist why would he want him kicked off twitter well, one, because he's a totalitarian sleazeball, Adam Schiff, but because Paul Sperry was one of the lead journalists who was onto the Spygate thing early, as you can see by this Federalist piece by Paul Sperry. The Russiagate FBI analyst couldn't verify anything in the Steele dossier, yet said nothing for years. This is one of probably 100, 150 articles Paul Sperry wrote. He was one of the earliest guys to expose the Russia hoax and the Spygate, uh, the Spygate debacle. Adam Schiff, how this guy is not the subject of a full government-wide investigation, this sleazeball, 
is really beyond belief, even for a government as broken as ours. He wasn't it. There are a lot of guys who kind of floated under the radar here, too. You don't hear about a lot. One of them is a senator on the, uh, on the Democrat side, who Joe and I have been talking about since I lived over in the Palm City house. Mark Warner. Now, oh. Mark Warner from Virginia. Oh, yeah, this name, you know, this is, we've been talking about this guy for five years. Yeah. He portrays himself as, you know, this middle of the road, like, okie doke kind of Democrat. He is not. He is a big government goon. No different than Adam Schiff. He just doesn't have the lack of social skills that that loser Adam Schiff has. So he comes off as kind of an okie doke. Warner is the worst. He's a Democrat senator from Virginia. How does he tie into the story? Turns out he was demanding censorship too. Washington Times story in my newsletter. The latest Twitter files release reveals pressure to work with the feds to censor posts that came from Democrats. Who did it come from? Senator Mark Warner, Virginia, who conveniently was the top Democrat on the Senate Intel Committee. So you got Adam Schiff on uh, House Intel, Mark Warner, who's a head Democrat on the Senate Intel side. So they both have access to classified information and they're using their posts to spread a freaking hoax about Russia that they're going to use to ban people in violation of the First Amendment. It's only the biggest political scandal of our time. Oh, look at this. How convenient. February of 2020. The Senate Intel Committee releases a bipartisan report. That loser on the Republican side, Burr, too. But it's, that guy's a total zero. But here's the statement from Vice Chairman of Senate Intel, Mark Warner. The 2016 Russian interference in our election on behalf of Trump was unprecedented in the history of our nation. This volume tries to describe how the Obama administration grappled with this challenge. They began to learn the scope of the Russian assault on our democracy. You get it? Do you see what they're doing? Warner in the Twitter drop yesterday is, 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 is emailing Twitter, you know, demanding censorship, de facto censorship on the platform, using his post in the Senate Intel Committee to push a Russia hoax he was going to use to get people banned. Listen. Folks, we're in a really, really perilous time. And I want you to understand that if there is not accountability in this next Congress for this, this problem is not going to get better. It is going to get worse. The deep state has figured out that their best asset are social media companies because it's the conduit for information from government to people. Overwhelming numbers of people get their information from social media channels. It's like having Pravda. Pravda was the Soviet Union's official paper. Twitter, Facebook, and Google have become the government's official information channel, essentially their official newspaper. You doubt me? Read this Daily Mail piece. It's in yesterday's newsletter. Spooks infiltrate Silicon Valley. Facebook is riddled with ex-CIA agents, including the president's briefer, who now runs the harmful content team. And there are so many ex-FBI working at Twitter, they have their own Slack channel, and Google is rife with ex-CIA. You think that's by accident? You think that's just a little circus trick? It's being done on purpose, folks. These platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Google are the new Pravda. The control of information is the control of everything. Okay, how do we fix it going forward? And I understand you should be asking, how do we fix it? Ladies and gentlemen, going forward, there's a piece of legislation floating around now. Any, and I mean any contact, by any government entity with a social media company, any government contact should be done via a public platform openly. There should be nothing done by private email. If you are contacting these platforms and it is not actual classified information, it's got to be done on an open platform. There's always going to be contacts. There's going to be subpoenas. There's going to be things like that. It's going to be ongoing criminal cases always. I'm a realist on this. I've been, been on the agent side. You know, you have an ongoing case. Let's say you have an ongoing, I'll just give you a quick example. You have an ongoing threat case or you're a local police, I'll make the case even simpler. You're a local police officer, you got a threat case, husband, wife, domestic violence incident, right? Guy's stalking the, the wife. Obviously, you're going to want some of their social media information. If the wife says, hey, he's been posting on social media, all this stuff. It's going to be some communication. 
that kind of stuff, unless it's part of some active criminal case you're willing to open a number, or you can produce some classification. And I'm not talking about classification. I mean, active criminal cases, active terrorism cases. Everything needs to be done on open channels. And any, any demand for censorship whatsoever should be done on open channels. Any demand. And you better damn well explain that reason. Total scam. Well, at least it ended with law enforcement. Ah, you'd be wrong. Look, there it is. Leo DiCaprio Giffy guy from that Hollywood movie, The Intercept. Twitter aided the Pentagon in its covert online propaganda campaign. Oh, the Pentagon was involved too? War propaganda out on Twitter via the Pentagon? So what do we need? We need a church committee now to propose all these things. House Republicans are warming to a church-style committee. They better warm up real quick. Get some of those hand warmers if you need them. Because we need it now. Now. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. And uh, I want to uh, play a clip from the Tucker Carlson show of Calvin Robinson. Calvin Robinson was on last night talking about this explosion of interest by the left in defending pedophilia. Oh, come on, Dan. That's a bridge. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. And I've explained this to you over and over, and I'm glad a lot of you get it because I read your emails back and I read your communications back to me. Folks, this slippery slope is now here, and we're now at the bottom of it. The culture is unraveling fast, and the time in the window to save it is running out. That's why these fights up on Capitol Hill are so critical to get the right people in there now. Let me get to my last sponsor first. Listen, I haven't seen this kind of global instability in my lifetime. The world's in danger right now. Are you ready for that? If not, go to preparewithdan.com and you'll find a special offer from the good people at My Patriot Supply. I use this company. Again, I can vouch for them. I have a ton of their emergency food because I'm not getting caught like that. They're the nation's largest preparedness company and they've served millions of families who now have one less thing to worry about. You know, think about it. How are you going to look at your kids if you run out of food? I'm serious. It's on my mind all the time. Don't be one of those people. There's no excuse not to have emergency food anymore with everything going on. It's like having a fire extinguisher. You know, better to have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. Right now, save $200 on a three-month emergency food kit for My Patriot Supply. The kit's jam-packed with delicious breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. It's enough for three solid months per person. Get at least one kit for each member of your family so you don't run out. Get multiple. Your orders will be shipped fast and free. They'll arrive quickly in unmarked boxes for your privacy. All you have to do is go to preparewithdan.com and you'll save $200 per three-month kit. That's preparewithdan.com. Preparewithdan.com. Don't wait. Do it today. Get prepared. Thanks, uh, Patriot Supply. Preparewithdan.com. Folks, the censorship and the use of social media as the new United States government Pravda, the official outlet in the United States government, Twitter and and other places, that's just one plank. The Additional planks in the totalitarian socialist war in our culture and our society are a war on language, a war on the family, and a war on objectivity. The war on language is important to the left. That's why they love censorship as well. The war on language works in a very specific way. What they do is they change the rules around language. I'll give you a perfect and easily to understand example, pronouns. You see a man, the man's pronoun is he. Now, all of a sudden, the man says he's a woman, which is biologically impossible. And the demand society that you refer to the man is she. That is not the rule of language. A man with a specific chromosome set is referred to as he. That's the way language has always worked. It's not subjective. It's objective. Liberals need to wipe that out. Why? There's a reason. The reason is they need to. It's, it's, a whole, it's the whole purpose of intersectionality. This critical uh, theory. Critical race theory is a subset of actual critical theory. That the only way to break apart the powerful white male patriarchy is to allow a small set of intersectional minorities to attack them using tools. And one of them is language. Oh my gosh, you called he, she, or she, he? You are definitely transphobic. You're no such thing. You saw a man who you called man he, which is the proper pronoun. Do you see how that's a weapon for them? The cholera, remember Frank is like, burn the cholera. You see how the language turns into a weapon for them to get you, the so-called powerful white male patriarch, reduced 
to a powerless minority where everybody's pointing at you? This war on language is critical to them. It is a powerful plank in their arsenal. It's a nuclear bomb in their arsenal. It's not the only one, though. Censorship, the war on language, the war on families is important, too. Why is the war on the family important? Why is the left engaged in a generational war on the family? Because, folks, the family is a source of competition for the state. You learn your values from your mother and your father. The left doesn't want that. They want your values to come from where? The state. Remember Hillary's book, It Takes a Village. No, it takes two good parents. They don't want that. So they need to divide you from your parents. That is the whole purpose of this LGBTQBIPOC2IA agenda. It's to confuse you about your sexuality early on to divide you from your parents, to separate you so someone moves in to fill the breach, and that is the state. That is why they keep redefining the language and the rules on sexuality. Nothing objective will be allowed to interfere with the state. This is the genesis of the left's support now, in many cases, for pedophilia and this redefining the line. Oh, you can't call him a pedophile. He's a minor attracted person. No, he's a pedophile. Listen to Calvin Robinson. He's a great guest. I've had him on my radio show. Explain on Tucker exactly what's going on with the left's newfound love affair with pedophilia. Check this out. Well, let's not mince our words here. This is the greatest evil there is. What we're talking about is the normalization of pedophilia. That is all we're seeing here. And you're right, they're reclaiming the words. They're taking over the language and defining it in a very clever way. Because once they say, these are not pedophiles, these are minor attracted people, they can say they're also vilified, as we heard there, persecuted. And then they'll say they are an oppressed minority group, and therefore they deserve to be a protected characteristic. And then all of a sudden we have pedophiles or pedophiles being protected under the law. And that's what they're after here. And it's very, very, there's nothing more dangerous. Well, that's right. And it's a tell. I mean, if you are with someone on the playground or at your kid's school who uses the phrase minor attracted persons, I think it's fair to call the police right away because you know what that person's intent is. Like, what, what, what else are they saying? They're excusing pedophilia. Absolutely. And there's three sides to this. So, of course, firstly, they take over the language and that is so that they can break down the boundaries. And then thirdly, that's so they can break down family and society. And that's what this has always been about. You know, some of us have been warning about this for years and have been called conspiracy theorists. But there's a reason that there's the mantra love is love, because if love means love for anyone, there's no boundaries involved there. And then when we're talking in an age where someone could define their race, someone can define their gender, and someone can define their sex or any other immutable characteristics, why would they not be able to define their age? If you can say, I identify as a woman, what's to stop you saying, I identify as a 12-year-old girl? And if love is love, and you are identifying as a 12-year-old girl, what is to stop you from having a relationship with another 12-year-old girl, biological or non-biological? This is the problem we find ourselves in. This is why they're redefining the language. This is why they're breaking down the boundaries. It's wicked, it's evil, and we must do everything we can to stop it and protect our children. Absolutely brilliant clip. Absolutely brilliant. Covers every single plank I just discussed right there. He covers the left's war on language, the war on the family, and their war on objectivity. There's something objective, the feeling of love, that many of us are capable of feeling. Some sociopaths probably not. But most of us are capable of feeling how that's an objective thing. How when you turn that into a subject, oh, love is love. It can mean whatever you want it to be. Yeah, what about love of uh, bestiality? Oh, oh, come on, they're not going to go down that road. Well, um, we said the same thing about pedophilia. You see how the slippery slope argument starts? How they read it. This has nothing to do, by the way, with sex. I, this is what I need you to understand. They don't care about, it's not about sex to them. To some limited number of activists, it is. It's not about that. It is about constantly battling against an objective set of values that limits what the government can do to you. Sex is a weapon. That's why I told you the slippery slope argument. It's not an, it's not even an, we're down, we're at the bottom of the slope. Minor attracted persons. He covers the war on language, the war on language, pedophilia. No, no, that's not right. That's not right. That person is obviously a victim. He is a minor attracted person, not a pedophile. What? 
When has this ever been accepted in a civilized society? This doesn't have anything to do with sex. They don't care about the gay community. They don't care about pedophiles. They don't care about people who have bizarre sexual practices, including, again, crazy things that you'd never think. They don't care. What they care is you, what they get about is using that to divide people as a weapon to insert government into the breach. It is as simple as that. It is nothing more, excuse me, than a framing. That's all it is, is a framing of an argument in a different way using sex as a vehicle to cause divisions in society to have government fill it in. That is a brilliant, brilliant clip by Calvin Robinson. Let me show you another example of framing on a bit of a lighter note, but still nonetheless, how the media jumps in, into all this. How they'll be framing pedophilia soon differently as well. Here's the hill, a far left outlet. A preliminary review of Donald Trump's tax returns confirms that the former president was using business losses in the tens of millions to reduce his annual tax liability, in some cases all the way down to zero. In other words, Donald Trump was following the tax laws you guys wrote. Um, so Donald, wait, let me just to be clear. So Donald Trump was losing some money in businesses. You want him to pay money on money he lost. So, what, 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 so it's not income. He's losing money on some of these businesses. And despite the fact that you don't pay taxes on money you lost, you didn't earn. Therefore, it's not earned income. You'd like Donald Trump to do that. Getting dangerously close to a flag being thrown. Uh, uh, <laughs> they throw, you, come on, dude. Uh, <laughs> too, too much, much stupid, stupid on the field. The field. 15 yards, repeat first down. (laughs) Notice they allege no illegality whatsoever. None. I'm just curious. If the Hill loses money, does the corporation pay taxes on the money it lost? I'm I'm just checking. I'm just checking. You see the framing, though. They could have written this tweet or article, honestly, and said Donald Trump's tax returns, no allegations of illegality, claims tax returns passed by law, claims tax benefits passed by law. They don't do that. They make it seem like, oh, my gosh, this guy really got over. This is how they do it. This is the war on language. This, I know. That's why I refuse to like. I, I, I'm, it's, he's like, I know. He's like this Trump tax story. It's like a six-year-old story. And legit. And no one outside of the radical, grotesque, far left, 10, 15% of even the Democrat base gives a damn about this story. Other lefties will say they do, but they don't. Nobody cares about this story. You got the guy on a crime, go make a criminal case. You got nothing. All right, folks, it's been a busy show today. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your support as well of the podcast on Rumble. It means the world to us. We are growing that platform. We had great news yesterday. Glenn Greenwald is going to be writing exclusively over at Locals. Rumble owns Locals. I'm on there too. I'm at D. Bongino. Uh, also, he signed Don Jr. to a multi uh, a multi year uh, podcast deal, uh, so that's great news. Uh, you really want to check that out, Don Jr. on Rumble. Check us out at Rumble.com/slash/Bongino. That's our platform. We're trying to get to uh, three million subscribers. We really appreciate your time and subscribe on Apple and Spotify as well to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. See you all later. You just heard Dan Bongino.